Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everything in between, welcome to the Kevin Clifton Show. We already started just bantering there. Um, so my guest this week is um, Mr. Anthony Rutherford, and he's a good friend of mine. Uh, going back, I mean, how many years have we been friends? We've been friends since we were little kids. Five, yeah, maybe, 30, at least over 30 years we've been friends. Over 30 years, yeah. Crazy, by the way. Yeah, because um, we used to compete against each other as ballroom and Latin dancers, like in the juveniles and all that. Anthony used to beat me most of the time. Um, uh, yeah, and then sort of when it all started going right for me, it was the year that like Anthony left. He decided he wasn't going to compete anymore because he's going to be a big star in Oliver the Musical. Um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and I, I became British champion. <laughs> True story. True story. True story, yeah. Um, so I'm bringing this thought about a little bit of a change for the podcast. Um, I'm bringing Anthony in. We're going to do some special episodes. I'm going to talk about that um, more a little bit later, but basically because we've known each other for years. And like I say, I'll talk about it later, but the crux of it is on these podcasts, um, I'm always quite polite and respectful and or, or whenever I'm on TV or whatever, you know, and I just think, you know, I don't upset anyone or offend anyone. Um, I'm a very different person whenever I'm talking about football. And most of the time that's with Anthony because we just, we just talk football all the time, constantly sending each other voice messages. And I get very, I'm a very angry, passionate football fan. And we both <laughs> get into like debates about players and teams and, and sort of arguing about it and whatever. And um, I thought, yeah, it's, it's funny that like, as soon as I come to my podcast or TV, I, I always sort of, Go all nice, Kevin. Do you know what I mean? I'm always like very, very... Basically lying. You're lying to everyone, Kev. <laughs> um, and then we, we were chatting the other day and we were like, well, we should... Um, it, it's, it's a shame we haven't got like a platform to like do this because, because we love doing it. We love talking about football. And then I just thought, I've got a podcast. Why don't I just do what I want with it? Like, so there's not going to be changes in terms of like, obviously every week we're going to have the same um, episodes about performing arts and theater and performance and creative process and all of that sort of stuff that I love talking about, but also we're going to add in some extra special episodes, um, which, which are going to be football related where it's going to be me and Ant talking about football and you're probably going to get to see <laughs> the real, the real me. <laughs> There's not going to be much talk and it'll be more of an argument for yeah, an hour absolutely. and a rant is what tends to happen um but we, before we get to like more information on that um yeah so and um sort of does a bit of everything he's, he's a performer like he, like i say we used to compete against each other doing borum and latin he's done some musical theater um you're involved stepping into rehearsals on strictly a couple of times um so so he knows all that side of things and he runs events and things as well like knows all that side of things also you you do a radio show about football right yeah so i've got two radio shows one's um about sports in general so behind the scenes um we look at people that's maybe not really in the social eyes of the media because you know it's normally footballers um and should we say cricket and rugby that take all the, the accolades of everything there's a lot of people, bobslayers, um, fighters, mixed martial arts, all this stuff that's coming through. We talk about a lot, a lot about that. And then I've got a local football show as well, which yeah. you've been a part of quite a few times as well. It's, yeah. it's quite cool. Whenever I've been particularly ranty, like, yeah. <laughs> come and say it on air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that one covers everything from the Premier League right down to the grassroots. Um, and it's it, to be honest, that's the one I enjoy doing the most, Kev. As you know, 
because we can talk about anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's part of the reason, like, for me wanting to do it, actually. Um, is, is, you know, I've, I've been saying quite a lot on this podcast for the last, you know, year, really, while we've been in, like, lockdown situations with the pandemic and all of that. So it's really important to, like, take stock of, of what's around you, what you, what you actually keep doing, acknowledge what you keep doing and, and surrounding yourself with when you've got time on your hands, you know, when you can't go out all the time or go to work or whatever. How do you spend your time? Because you'll reveal to yourself what your main interests are. Um, and I think sometimes we're on a path of, like, I have to do this or I should do that. And actually, like, whenever we've got the choice to do anything, we do something completely different. And what I've realized in this last year is the two things I talk about more than anything. Um, and, and the two things I'm interested in more than anything, um, uh, you know, except sort of theater um, is football and, and wrestling basically. <laughs> so I thought I've got to do more stuff around football and, and, and wrestling to be honest, but like, um, yeah. So I, I find that I'm most passionate when I'm talking about football. Um, so that's the reason for it really. And the, the strange thing is, like you've just hit the nail on the head as well, because I think we feel like we're not allowed to talk about because it's sport, because it's football, or it's just a hobby. Yeah. But really, or wrestling, it's it's just a TV program. But really, when you're sitting watching that, or when you're sitting talking about it, that's exactly what you say. That's your happiest. That's when you feel you can get into the conversation. Yeah. You can keep on going about the conversation because it yeah. never ends. Football never ends. One season finishes. There's another one starts. Here we go again. It's great. Yeah. I mean, it, it felt like it was pretty close to ending uh, last week oh. football, but um, I suppose we'll we'll wait for our, our first main footy episode to get stuck into that. But in the meantime, um, people will have seen, um, I had a big announcement this week, uh, which was that I'm going off on tour early next year with the War of the Worlds arena tour. Did you, did you watch me on Good Morning Britain, Ant? I, do you know what it is? I did because I had to watch it on catch-up. I, no, I did, I did. <laughs> the reason is because I'm walking around and a lot of people know that I'm friends with you up here and a few people have mentioned, oh, I've seen your mate on the telly this morning. I'm like, oh, I better watch what it is because you'll ask us if I've seen it. So, yeah, I've seen it. I'm fantastic. I mean, we spoke um, before this about these kinds of shows that you're going to be getting into and this one is massive, isn't it? Absolutely huge. Yeah, well, well, that's that's the thing. It's a huge show, and basically going from like obviously we've been a year with everything closed, theaters and and whatnot. To this is a huge production, like arena show. Yeah. Um, so it's based on obviously the book, The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells, and um, it was made famous a few decades ago, actually, uh, where Jeff Wayne actually its full title is Jeff Wayne's The War of the Worlds. Yeah. Um, it, so he wrote like the album. Of, of music to, to accompany the book of, of War of the Worlds. And so many people I know, um, whenever I've mentioned it to them, when, when I first started having the conversations about it, were like, uh, were like, oh yeah, the War of the Worlds album. Yeah, I've got that. I used to listen to it when I was a kid and da 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 da, da. And everyone knows the sort of main um, tracks and stuff. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's a really famous album. It's sold millions all over the world and been number ones, you know, everywhere and, and whatever. And then what he, what he went on to do was create a show out of it um, which has developed and developed and developed over years into this huge arena production show. So um, I'm going to be playing, this was one of the questions that came in on social media when I put that out, any questions for talking about this was what, what role are you playing? So I'm going to be playing the role of the artillery man, which was made famous first of all by David Essex. 
um, the, the version that I've seen on DVD was Ricky Wilson from the Kaiser Chiefs playing the role. And he, pressure. No yeah, pressure at all. Pretty big um, shoes to fill. Um, so I'm playing the artillery man. But so basically you get a whole orchestra on stage. Um, so imagine like the O2, London O2. Uh, well, it's doing all the arenas up and down. Um, you've got an orchestra on stage being conducted by Jeff Wayne himself. You've got massive screens all around with, with sort of, um, uh, what do you call it? Sort of special effects uh, yeah. um, and like holograms. Stuff. You've got a hologram of Liam Neeson on stage with us. So Liam Neeson plays the sort of narrator of the piece. Cause I don't know if you've read the book, but it's written in like the first person about his experiences of what he went through. And um so Liam Neeson is playing that role, but as a hologram on stage. So I'll be act. It's weird. I'll be acting and singing with Liam Neeson, but he like he's a hologram. So everything has to be timed perfectly with him and stuff. And there's a few tricks and stuff where you like interacting with it with him. Because I watched on the DVD when I watched the show, um, there was a couple of moments where like you're interacting with him, and I'm thinking, how, how have they done that? Like it's <laughs> passed him something. That's weird. Like. Um, so that's going on. There's a massive like Martian alien spaceship on stage. It's huge. I mean, we're talking arena sized stuff um, that, that throws flames out. Um, there's lasers <laughs> everywhere. And new for this show, one bit that I was particularly excited about is um, there's going to be this massive bridge that comes down from the ceiling. And it used to extend across the stage, but in this version, it's going from the stage out over the whole audience of an arena. So it's huge. And um, that's mainly for me in this show. <laughs> so the artillery man gets to like basically- What a surprise. <laughs> it's so extra. But the artillery man gets, <laughs> gets to run like an, uh, sort of across this bridge, right out across like above everyone in the arena um, in this big sort of, there's a main piece that he does in the show, which is about 15 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, called Brave New World, where he's acting and, and, and singing this song and, and sort of talking to Liam Neeson. Um, and it all has to be timed properly and stuff. And, and I'll be running about across this bridge above the audience. Like it is huge, the, the production of this show. And I was, I was so excited about it. Um, initially, someone sort of mentioned it to me when I was doing Wedding Singer last year and said, oh, um, you know, some, they might be interested in you in seeing you for this part in War of the Worlds. And they sent me a load of stuff. Um, they sent me like a goodie bag of like a program of the show and DVD and the music and, you know, all, all of that. Um, and obviously pandemic hit and I had to, I had to do a self tape audition rather than an in-person audition. But this number that I had to do, Brave New World, like I say, is like 15 minutes long. So I'm What did you do? So I'm doing, I had to learn the whole thing and do like this 15 minute piece, which is like song and then a bit of dialogue and then song and then back into dialogue. Um, it's, it's this whole piece and I'm doing it in the, this is before me and Stace moved as well. So I'm doing it like in the little flat, in Stacey's little flat that she had. Um, and I need at certain times, like I needed Stace to press stop or play on the, on the thing. And it was like, Oh my God, it, it, it was so stressful because it was such a massive piece. And it's like, and I was trying to do it in one take. I didn't want it to look like sending in a self tape. I didn't want it to look like, um, oh, he's, he's edited, but he's just done it chunk by chunk and shoved it together. Yeah. You wanted to look like the tour, basically. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm trying to put on this like full production in, <laughs> in, in the flat. Uh, in the flat, and the, the artillery man himself, right? He's quite. He's not like clean cut. Like by this point in the story, he's basically been like Martians have attacked and stuff, and he's sort of found himself somewhere to live, and they're, they're just surviving, and he's dirty, and he's got a beard and all of that. So I've tried to grow a beard for the. Um, for the self-tape and as you know I'm not brilliant at growing a beard <laughs> it takes me a while so I waited until I was like a little way into lockdown and I'd grown it as much as I could and um and tried to look kind of rough um but then you're doing this thing 15 minutes long imagine like you get to like 11 and a half minutes in and then you make a mistake oh. and it's like it took me all day to do how many how many times did you have to film it honestly ah, uh, quite a few times yeah, because I how I, many? I, mm, <laughs> probably about six or seven. <laughs> that's not that's not too bad. But you could have done, but for the length of number, yeah. Like, and I get more and more frustrated on things like self tapes. Um, and Stace was just laughing at me. Um, so anyway, and then we were we were very much at a stage where it was like, oh, sort of, you know, I was going to be doing it. And then with everything happening with theatres and the pandemic and, and whatever, obviously I was doing Strictly Ballroom and Strictly Ballroom moved their dates back a year, which meant that I couldn't do it anymore with, with War of the Worlds. Um, and then, so, so, and I thought, oh, it's a real shame that, that that's happened. And then um, what, what's happened just sort of quite recently is that Strictly Ballroom moved their dates again. So that's a bit of news for everyone as well, is that Strictly Ballroom now is going to, it was originally going to be September 2020. They moved it to September 21. It's now going to be September 22 that we open. Because um, because I think a few people are confused. They've been sending me tweets going like, well, how are you doing this tour and that one? And <laughs> like getting all mad with me. I'm like, no, no, no. Strictly Ballroom is in September 22. Um, but then it meant that I could do War of the Worlds again. So I've got back in touch and... Um, so what happens is like Jeff Wayne himself got in, got in touch and we had a chat and I was quite excited about that and um, and then invited us over to his amazing house where he's got like a music studio in there and it was sort of I guess part audition part let's let's just see yeah. what you think what you think about the material what we think about the, you doing it and da, da, da. and you basically record it it's a recording studio and you record the whole thing all the bits of the show and the songs and the dialogue and whatever that all has to be timed and they put it together and mix it and master it and and send it to you and then um, yeah I, I love doing it and um, and and they've offered me the job and, and we're going off around. Arena. That's amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. When something aligns again, when you wanted it yeah. in the first place, and then all of a sudden, all these horrible things happen, but in turn, it lines you up to be able to do this again. Yeah, that's it. And, and I, I'm just mad excited. So it goes out in um, March next year, March, March and April of, of 2022. And it's not a theatre tour, it's an arena tour. Where's it going? Like, if no. you just imagine, like, all the... Um, I can bring it up, actually, but if you imagine all, all the... Uh, the main sort of arenas up and down. I've got it yeah. here somewhere. It must be so much hard work. You know, you think it's hard work learning lines and, and doing the actual show, but then these guys that actually put the show on, you know, building that bridge, for example, and having yeah. to move that from one place to another, that must take hours. Yeah, and especially um, especially in the situation we're in at the moment, you know, we're... Uh, yeah, like, like like having having to do it all must be 
a nightmare. And they must have had to wait uh, wait a while to um, to figure out, you know, you, you know what they can and can't do, yeah. and, and when they can do things that they want to. Oh, I haven't got it in front of me now, but basically all the um, basically all the big arenas up and up and down the UK is is, yeah. is what we're doing. Oh yeah, here it is. Here it is. I found it. Um, so starting on March 23rd of 2022 um we go nottingham motor point arena birmingham resorts world arena cardiff motor point arena brighton center brighton center so two nights brighton center two nights bournemouth international center manchester arena glasgow arena leeds hull liverpool newcastle and then the o2 in london most important one up here newcastle yeah yeah you're gonna come and watch yeah, court. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and get a ticket so that I'm right underneath that bridge so that I can jump up and try and pull you through. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I say, like all the, all the effects are, are mad and just the, the grand sort of scale of it all. And, and it's, yeah. got, it's got such a massive following. That's why it does like the arenas as well. Like loads of people have been tweeting saying like, I've been watching this show like since the 90s or I first saw it in, you know, night and whatever. Yeah. Um, I haven't missed a show apart from one in all the years it's been touring and like people love it and and so they also announced on the same day Claire from Steps is going to be yeah I've seen that I've seen yeah. that that's pretty exciting isn't it that's cool that's really yeah. cool yeah so I was like sending Claire a DM saying, saying no, I'm <laughs> really excited to be to be working with you in the show let me in the band what, what? in Steps <laughs> <laughs> let me in Steps <laughs> do you know do you know the process now then because everything's a little bit different and you might have spoken about this on other podcasts but um what normally would happen is obviously you would have a date for rehearsals and you would start and you would get into it what happens now like with it what's changed in regards to like timelines and everything what you would normally have well i don't know because obviously when once we get to that time it's going to be you know, hopefully, you know, it's it's almost a year away. So, like, hopefully yeah. the situation's going to be quite different. Um, but, you know, it, it depends on the show. Some some shows um, will do, like, you know, six weeks of rehearsals. Some will do a month. I've been in shows where it's literally been a week or two weeks. Um, this, for, for War of the Worlds in particular, I imagine they'll do a lot of work with the orchestra, and then it's very sort of like individual parts within the show. Yeah. Um, it's not like we're all on stage together for a lot of it. It's it's like very much a journey through what what's happening. And it's like yeah. Liam Neeson's character sort of arrives at the artillery man, and then he'll arrive at um, you know Claire from Steps's role, and then and and we each have our sort of chunks of the show, and then yeah, it's um, within it. Um, and and Mike, are you are you? I was going to say, are you going to tell people that you're starring with Liam Neeson? Is this going yeah. in the book and everything? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I starred alongside Liam Neeson. I'm disappointed if you didn't. <laughs> I once had a, a, a mate of mine when we were in Burn the Floor, when, when we did Broadway, um, 2009. And opposite us, so we were on 48th Street, I think it was, the theatre and Broadway. And also on 48th, like opposite us, there's two theatres on that street, was um, A Little Night Music, the, the musical. And it had Angela Lansbury and Catherine Zeta-Jones. And one of the dancers from Burn the Floor, from that point on, put on his resume, when he was applying for different roles and stuff, he put starred on Broadway opposite Catherine Zeta-Jones. That's fantastic. <laughs> Perfect. Because he's not lying. No. 
It's not a lie. Did you? If they asked him about it, he'd have to say, no, I wasn't actually in a show with Catherine Zeta-Jones. She was in a different <laughs> theatre. But technically, he was on Broadway opposite Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. You've got to use what you've got, Kev. Exactly, yeah. Um, and, and also, like, we just released the dates for Burn the Floor. You've seen Burn the Floor a few times, haven't you? Yeah, I love yeah. Burn the Floor. Best, yeah. best show by far. I've seen, to be honest, energy-wise. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing Burn the Floor on and off since 2008. I've talked a lot about Burn the Floor on this podcast. Um, yeah. So I don't need to go into the like the whole history, but you know, we did Broadway, we've done West End, we've done world tours and whatever. And we, we just had an amazing time in 2019 on the UK tour. And it was Burn the Floor that we were in mid-rehearsals um, when the pandemic hit and yeah. we all had to go home. And basically this tour that, that we've released all these dates, we've had to keep moving it and moving it and moving it um, and rescheduling and, and re you know, re-talking to theatres and, and yeah. whatever. And some theatres have closed since completely, like they've, they've shut down. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. Some theatres have just gone gone under, yeah. Um, so it like, but we've, we've kept having to move it back. And then obviously we did the tour um, with me and my sister did when everything had to be socially distant audiences at that point, sort of in the autumn. Uh, me and my sister did a, a sort of ped, a, a stripped back version of Burn the Floor that was an evening with Kevin and Joanne. Um, with just six of us on stage um, and no live music. But obviously Burn the Floor, we go back to having the live music and a full cast and sort of full production, um, which is really exciting, but we've had to keep moving it. And and one of the questions that I keep getting on social media, or not a question, sometimes people get mad on social media because they don't understand the situation. I know it's hard to believe that someone would, might get mad on Twitter, <laughs> but um, <laughs> they they keep saying like, oh, well... I'm really, really annoyed. We, we had tickets for this day and now it's been moved again. And, and then we had tickets for this theatre and now the tour's not even coming to this, you know, to our town. And that's your fault? Well, you know, I, I, think, I think people sometimes think that the way it works is that we all sit down in a room and go, right, which theatres do we want to go to? Pick them. Like, and, and then someone will say, you know, oh, Canterbury? How about Canterbury? Nah, I don't fancy Canterbury. Well, let's not go there. Like, that doesn't happen. Yeah. It's not like, if we had our way, we would never stop touring and we'd, we'd do every theatre that exists. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, if we could just do anything. From the bottom to the top. Or... Yeah. Yeah. We'd just do it in order. Like, like just travel the country and go theatre by theatre. But it doesn't work like that. Like, go on, what are you going to say? I was going to say it works because that, yeah, the argument to that is... <laughs> When you look at some a, a group of shows, they might start off in London and then the next two days they're in Scotland and they're back down in Manchester. Logistically, they're never going to choose to do that. So there's a reason because other shows might have booked that date or whatever. Yeah. It's like it's common sense, isn't it, really? Well, that's it. Like sometimes you can't get into that theatre. Sometimes it's a theatre that says no. Sometimes yeah. the bookers of, of the theatres for what shows they're booking, they might have an idea of what they'd like to get in on a particular week. Like they might yeah. be at the same time as we're in negotiation with them, they might be negotiating with Wicked, the musical. Yeah. And it's like, we can, we can only have Wicked on that week, but we can't, we can't put it anywhere else. Yeah. And it's like, they have to make the decision. Do we have burn the floor for one night or do we have Wicked for the week? Or, you know, sometimes you just can't get in with the theater or, 
sometimes it's maybe a theatre might think we've we've already got four dance shows on in the space of a, a couple of months. Um, we, we can't put another dance show in there, you know, whatever. Um, so we, we just we can't just pick whatever theatre we want. It just comes down to them as well. Just I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot here, Kev. Mm. You probably tell us to should have put just on the subject that obviously we've seen now. The, there was never ever any dance shows. Burn the Floor was the original one, basically yeah. that came Burn out. The floor and, the yeah, and then we never had any for about 10, 15 years. Strictly started, and then all of a sudden there was a few popped up. Now the market is saturated with strictly pros and yeah. dancers and people that were on the show and people that used to be on the show. There's so many of them. Is yeah. is that a good thing that there's so much variety, or do you think it's getting overpopulated? Um, I think it's a good thing, like, like that there's so many, I mean, the thing is, what it means is there's loads of interest in our style yeah. of dance, like Strictly has completely changed the game. I mean, Burn the Floor was there before Strictly, um, you know, Burn the Floor was, was a massive deal before, before Strictly became a thing, but then Strictly has yeah. blown it up, you know, like it's become huge and now there's loads of shows going out and I think that's good and people do go to all these shows, you know, like people yeah. love watching um that people from strictly i think you know and, and i've done sort of spin-off from strictly tours myself um i think just burn the floor to me is, is a different thing i suppose one because it was there before strictly so it's not like a strictly spin-off yeah. and it's i don't know burn the floor is always sort of on the edge of of what borum and latin are doing and it's the one that it's the one that pushes forward all the time. And it's the one that sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it leads, it leads the way. Yeah. It, it's, it's the, it's the dancing that strictly want you to do, but can't because it's got to be a Latin and ballroom. And but when you, when you watch, when you watch burn the floor, that's exactly, you can see exactly what the one, but it's yeah. just too much, isn't it? But yeah. But it's, it's no coincidence that like strictly come dancing and dancing with the stars in America and dancers all over the world is, yeah saturated with expert and the floor dancers yeah um, because it's, it's burn the floor that sort of leads the way and it produces amazing dancers it, it sometimes it like it just has an ability to take a dancer some of the time they're like leading competitors and some of the time they're not but there's something about being in the burn the floor company that turns them into just the best in the world and they become you know they become incredible dancers and incredible performers because they learn you know on stage that, do you think that's why as well? Because obviously we've watched the whole, and you've probably spoken about this on previous podcasts, but we've watched the whole Latin and ballroom scene. And, and, you know, you've got to put your hand there. You've got to be on this time and you've got to be so far apart from your partner. It's really quite strict to then go on and burn the floor and it just being, why is your arm out there? Just put it where you feel like. Is it mm. is it that kind of thing on burn the floor? Um, yeah, I guess with, with Burn the Floor, they do a lot about storytelling and, and we do a lot of, we, we have like technique classes and stuff, but we also have, um, we do a lot of improvisational exercises um, on stage, like before a show and stuff. So often they'll just, ra will randomly choose a story and a setup and you just have to, you'll get paired up with someone. It could be anyone in the cast and it's like, okay, you're this and you're that. Um, and, you know, these are the dynamics and I'm going to play, put my iPod on shuffle, whatever song comes on, you use that vibe of that song to tell this story of these two characters and their dynamics. And, and we just improvise. And there might be a theme to it. There might be some sort of, um, you know, it has to be, 
it might be a particular dance, it's a rumba or it's a tango or whatever, or it might be that um, you can never stop touching. There always has to be one point of contact um, of your body or whatever at all times, um, but also tell this story. So you, you become so used to being so like in tune with whoever you're dancing with. And I think that's a big skill of, of the burn the floor dancers. They learn how to like really get in tune with a, a narrative and a story with, within dancing rather than just, yeah, like straighten your leg there, put your arm out there. And you know, the things that get talked about a lot. Um, and now that you just see like, there's so many burn the floors, like that have gone on Strictly or dancing with the stars. And a lot, I've seen a lot of the other shows are like, even the other shows going out tours are like pinching dancers from burn the floor because because you know that they're going to deliver and they're and they're going to deliver amazing stuff um so yeah so we're finally getting to go out in um in january so i'm doing that before war of the worlds we go out in in january and february um and i'm sorry for everyone that tweets me saying you're not coming to our area or to our theater or i had tickets and now it's moved and like <laughs> Basically, coronavirus has, has played havoc with the theatre industry and we've had to keep moving it and there's all sorts going on. Um, so I'm sorry, but it's not our fault all the time. <laughs> Don't have a go at us. So, but yeah, Burn the Floor, um, January, February, War of the Worlds, March, April. And then I'm still doing Strictly Ballroom. That's one of the other questions that everyone keep, keeps asking me. I'm still doing Strictly Ballroom, the musical, which opens in September 22 until the summer of 23. So You've got some work to do getting fit. I hope you're fit now. <laughs> I'm actually just you've done, on the gym. You've done nothing for a year. I know. You need to start getting fit, mate. You need the, the gym. You need to get stuff in the garden, not just go to the gym. <laughs> well, It'll be full on... I used to say, um, like Strictly mode. When remember when you were on Strictly all the time, and I'd be would have the conversations, and then all of a sudden Strictly would start, and Kev would go into massive lockdown mode, where it's like I've only got two seconds. I need to go because I'm concentrating on da, 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 da. and it's be. I bet it's been nice not being in having to be in that sort of mind frame of constantly thinking about routines and le learning lines and learning singing. But are you actually buzzing to get back into that? Kevin from Strictly, Kevin from the theatre. <laughs> I, I can't wait to get back going. Like, I, I really enjoyed the first, the first couple of months of, of uh, having nothing to do. Obviously, yeah. before anyone kicks off, obviously you wish the circumstances were different. Um, but like in terms of just being on an enforced break where I just couldn't do anything, I sort of enjoyed the first couple of months. But then... I started to get really like, nah, I need to get, I need to get creative now. I need to do something. I need to sing something. Yes. I need to dance. I need to, you know, perform. I'm just miss performing. And now things are really starting to come together. And um, it's interesting you say about getting fit. I've just come back from the gym because um, I need to get fit quicker than that. Um, I can't <laughs> tell yet. I can't um, announce yet, but I might start dropping some hints and some clues, but I'm not allowed to announce a certain thing, but um Let's just say, as a teaser, I know you know already because I've already told you, but um, as a teaser, so Burn the Floor is January, February. War of the Worlds is March, April. Strictly Ballroom is uh, September of next year to July 23. But I'm going to be busy before that. So I am going to be busy for 
the second half of this year of 2021. I wish I, I wish I could say what it was now because I that it's very very exciting. <laughs> very exciting. Yeah. So I'm also going to be busy for the second half of 2021, and that is a hint. But I'm not allowed to say any more than that. Um, <laughs> but that's a teaser. I might think of some clues to drop in here and there. Yeah. Um, yeah. This. I'll be honest with you, there's no hints other than you being busy in 21. That, that's all you've given them. Yeah. So they've got nothing to go off yet, so no. you'll have to think of something better than you just being busy. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to give it away. Um, the problem is it will be easy once you do actually mention a mm. couple of things. Mm. So it's probably best not, mate. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm sorry to tease everyone like that, but I'm not allowed to say yet because we haven't, we're not, we haven't announced yet. Um, but yeah, I'm getting fit. I'm getting in shape. For the what do you, what do you, do, right do you find yourself doing? Um, do you find yourself doing different kinds of training now that you're not dancing full time, as in sort of Latin and ballroom? Obviously, you still be doing stuff for burn the floor, but a lot of your roles now are going to be completely different to what you're used to from your last twenty years of your career, and you'll have a certain type of <laughs> career. You'll have a certain type of sort of training because I did you know when I was dancing you're doing the same thing every day and to keep yourself flexible whatever yeah now you're doing a lot of singing and I'm presuming that there's certain sort of muscles that you'll have to work on to improve your voice as well am I, am I right there yeah well with with the voice yeah it's de definitely developing like just ways of ways of talking and, and stretching certain areas I don't know all the technical bits my singing teacher does um, and tells me about it and it's practicing certain ways of breathing and and it's yeah. mostly because when you sing it's mostly about um not losing your voice so that you're able to do sing and so your voice feels really open and and that you sing really freely and not lose your voice so whenever i'm singing you know say when i'm on tour with a musical i tend to do the musical and go home and not talk i just I, i'm really extra with it when someone tries to tries to talk to me i'm like <laughs> I'm on voice rest. <laughs> I can't talk. I'm on voice rest. And everyone's like, oh, you dickhead. Big time. Big <laughs> yeah. time, Kev. <laughs> yeah. I'm terrified of losing my voice. I don't want to because then, you know, it's like it'll be because I've done singing and acting for a long time and I did musicals and stuff before I did Strictly, but people know me for Strictly. So if I go into the next musical or whatever, say I'm on War of the Worlds and I lose my voice, like, you know what it'll be that the narrative will be or people will start tweeting like oh they should have hired a singer rather than a dancer because they don't know that i've been doing that as uh, as well but like so i'm terrified of, of losing my voice and people going oh we only got the job because it's on strictly um because they haven't seen the the hours of audition stuff that i've had to do yeah. to get these roles um but so aside from talking about all that burn the floors and war of the worlds um oh I, sh I should be saying about where to get tickets i suppose shouldn't i i'll give them a shout lee i think it's probably worth it yeah this is what i'm not very good at but so for war of the worlds you can go to livenation.co.uk or you can go to thewaroftheworlds.com so that you can get tickets um yeah come and see me and uh, claire from steps and liam neeson and jeff wayne <laughs> Um, on stage in, in an arena and for burn the floor oh, i think it's something like the kevin clifton 
tour.com was it oh my god oh, is it so is it now the kevin clifton tour yeah 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 oh, i'm big yeah. time now mate i'm big time yeah yeah i left the uh juvenile <laughs> competitions a long time ago <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm well big time now yeah um oh. I, I just typed in kevin clifton.com and it comes up kevin clifton real estate inc <laughs> <laughs> one on. of your many arms kevin clifton Tour. I tell you, just while you're looking for that, it, it was um, quite amusing there. I think that's the first time that I've heard Kevin Clifton, Claire from Steps and Liam Neeson all in one sentence. Yeah, well, we're giving everyone what they're looking for. <laughs> You've got the whole <laughs> the audience what they want. Liam Neeson, Claire from Steps and Kevin from Strictly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so for Burn the Floor tickets, go to kevincliftontour.com. Yeah. I'm sure it's on burnthefloor.com as well. I'm sure there'll be a link there. But I'm just, go... I haven't, I haven't wrote any of these down. I'm hoping that I don't have to go to them. I'm hoping that I'm getting a few, uh... getting a few comps. Comps. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to check. To be honest, I don't even mind paying now. I just, I can't wait to get into the theatre. I know, that's it. None of, none of us can. Um, yeah, so if you go to kevincliftontour.com, there's a very sexy picture of me on the front in, in, a, in a big long black leather jacket in my yellow. I bet you, is your eyes painted as well or not uh not in that one there's a little semblance of a beard that i've tried to grow at some point how, how many people do you think how many of your listeners realize that you're just really a secret goth like how many of them know i think podcast listeners it's pretty much out there that i'm a goth yeah and yeah. The, yeah although i haven't done anything gothy for a while no black fingernails or no, Stacey's not into it. She not. Thinks I look like a twat. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, she's not wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but mate, so yeah, we're gonna do football episodes, right? Yeah, um, we're gonna get stuck into that. Thanks for coming on this one, by the way. Um, I've enjoyed it. Um, yeah, so we're gonna get so the performing arts and performance and all of that, you know, creativity, those episodes are still going to come out every week, but we're, we're going to add some foot, footy episodes for anyone who wants to hear me and Anne chatting. I mean, we'll probably talk about theatre as well in those because we're both into it, but like it'll be, um, the, the general vibe will be us arguing, I would imagine. <laughs> for yeah. most of it. And, I, and I think this is really good for your listeners to actually understand the real Kevin. <laughs> mm. I think um, because... As Kevin mentioned at the beginning of the show, we've spoken about football now for 30 years and I am, I'm so passionate about football and I'm so passionate about England and I really didn't think there was anyone out there that was as passionate about England as me because you speak to so many sports people, especially football um, supporters and they've all, they would pick their team before they picked their, their country. 90% of people, would you say, Kev? Yeah. Uh, yeah, whereas me... Country. Yeah. Yeah, team before yeah. country, isn't it? Yeah, probably. I guess so. And I think we're in the, the the minority of people who are still really, really passionate about England. Yeah. Um, because I speak to a lot of my friends, a lot of the lads I play football with, and yeah, they're not really that bothered about the national team until it comes to a tournament where we are playing San Marino on a Tuesday night in a meaningless um, qualifier and we're constantly on the phone why has he not just passed that we're, we're five nil up <laughs> screaming at each other Henderson shouldn't be playing yes he should be it's yeah. fantastic yeah I love I love it 
tell them that story about um, the uh, the charity match that you had. Oh wow! So yeah, so we I set a charity game up, and there was a lot of um, ex professional players coming in. I said to Kev, "Look, Kev, do us a favour. I know we haven't played football for a long time, but." Please come and play in this charity game. It's going to be fantastic. Mentioned a few of the players. Yeah, no problem, mate. I'm coming up. So I'm warming up before the game. And I said to Kev, Kev, ping that ball across here. And he's passed it. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this isn't good. He's, he's just scuffed this, this shot of his. And then I says, can you hit the crossbar? Didn't even reach with the first one. And then the ball's come over. And he's turned his body. And he had to have this shot. And he ended up using his right foot, his left foot. Yeah. And he's hit the crossbar first time, perfect. His left foot. I said, do that again, Kev. And he's lined the ball up, left foot, ping straight off the bar. I says, why are you kicking me a right foot? He's like, well, I'm right footed. I said, you're not, you're left footed. And he went, no, I've been right footed my whole life. I'm sure I'm left, I'm right footed. And he's, you've done it about five times straight off that as well. So for 30 years, Kevin Clifton, who was a professional dancer, He's got all this coordination. He's been running around football pitches thinking that he was right-footed when he was actually left-footed. That's that's crazy. And to be fair, that game, after the game, I says, Kevin, did you enjoy that? So Kev's playing on the left wing, no, left back, sorry. Back, yeah. And the guy who's standing next to him is Steve Howie, who played about 700 Premier League games. He was captain of Manchester City. He was captain of Newcastle United. He played for England. And Kev... 12. You got absolutely battered, didn't you? <laughs> you were just shouting at me the whole time. It was because he, he was like, "Right, you're left back." I went, "Yeah." He said, um, "He said, right, I'm going to be shouting at you like the whole match, okay? So I'll just tell you when to push up, when to come back." I was like, "Right, oh." He, he just he was just absolutely battering me for forty because I played for forty five minutes, didn't I? For yeah. forty five minutes, he was just caning me because I didn't know what the hell I was doing and I couldn't use me right foot. I should have been trying to, be, to use my left foot. <laughs> to be fair, you've done well that game. We had, we had some big, big time players. I mean, Faustino Asprilla was playing. Yeah. Tino came. We got a phone call and he, we said, has anyone got any size eight boots? And we're thinking, well, what do we need eight boots for? We've got everyone here. And um, somebody said, well, Asprilla's on his way to the game. He's going to play. Half me. But how can he even run with the legs he's got? He, he, his, his legs are so thin and he, the way when he played professionally as well I don't know how he stands up I don't even think he knows how he stands up to be fair looking at him but you've done well in that game I've got to admit well, I was running about a lot but I, yeah. I don't think I had many meaningful touches of the ball I think there was a couple of you, you played into the midfield and a couple of you played over the top that were good, but I think your um, your work rate was second and on very much like you very much like you in real life very much like me as a performer. Yeah, you gave it one hundred and ten percent. Yeah, yeah. Work rate is, is my main asset. <laughs> this is this is Henry why I don't up for debate. This is why I don't understand why you don't like Jordan Henderson. Ah, oh. <laughs> no, because was... he's basically Jordan Henderson's basically the Kevin Clifton of the football no, world. I have to say that. <laughs> I don't want to be Jordan Henderson. I've got nothing against him. I mean, he seems lovely, but I, I, we'll get into this on our first episode. This is going to be very hard for you because you're too nice and, uh, in your podcast world. This is the and thing. when we start talking about football, this is this is what it's going to come to because I don't. I find it hard to like 
talk shit about out people, you know? Yeah. yeah. And and then because then someone will say, oh, Kevin was being mean on, you know, saying horrible things about people, and we don't mean it like that, but it's just we get very passionate. Me and yeah. you talking about football. But the thing is, I, you know, on my show, on my football shows, I've I constantly have current and ex-professional footballers on there. And it's because the trust is and because I never actually go out in the media and try and sell stuff because they've told us a lot of things where I can easily go out and say, did you know this actually happened when Newcastle were playing or whatever? Right. I've never done it. And I think the, the, the value you've got there is that if you're not slating someone as in that personality, yeah, footballer, if I, I can clearly say to you, Kev, I don't think that you're that good of a dancer. I think X, Y or Z is better. Yeah. Which isn't true because you know what? Who are we going to say there? Who was the ex one? Pasha. Pasha. <laughs> Pasha. Pasha and Brendan are better. Um, but, right? God damn it. But you said X, Y, and Z. Pasha, Brendan, and, and bear in mind, myself. this is going to be like a headline online. Like Kev's mate, Anthony, says Pasha, Brendan, and himself are all better than Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> But what I'm saying is, that's nothing to do with your personality. And I think footballers, I think as long as you're not saying anything about them in general, I'm allowed to say that I think Jordan Henderson's a great player, but I don't really rate somebody else. Mm. It's nothing to do with their personality, is it? But here's the thing, and this links to performance as well, right? And, and to dancing or whatever. So I was listening, they were having a similar discussion just now on the World Football phoning on, on BBC, Dot and Adebayo and all of them. Yeah, Tim Vickery. Because um, the question was asked similar to what we were talking about, about players who, for their club, like, or, or like in, in one particular team, they're unbelievable. Yeah. And everyone talks about them being this brilliant player, but it works. This is what we've been talking about, isn't it? It works because they are within that setup with that manager and those players yeah. around him. So he knows, like, so for example, we started talking about Jordan Henderson. Like, yeah. He understands the Liverpool team the way it is, and he understands his job, what that Klopp wants him to do, and he understands which way Mo Salah's going to run and when he's going to do it. So he knows yeah. when to make that pass. Blah blah blah. He knows that when when Aldum does this, he's got to sit back and you know whatever. He understands where everything goes in that team so much so that. He's vital to the team. And if I was Liverpool manager, he'd be one of the first names on the team sheet. And so much so that he wins Footballer of the Year and all of that, right? But put him in a different team. Put, put him in the Chelsea team. Do Chelsea become a better side? Put him in the Man City. Like, he's Footballer of the Year. But put him in the Man City team. Do Man City become a better side? Now, all, all I'm saying is some people are individuals and will make anything look good. And it's the same as performers. Like, and this is, this is good content here because we're, we're relating it to performance, right? Yeah, and this, we're and already this there. Continue to do. But so there are, there are football players to me that like, you, you know, you're obviously the likes of Messi, Ronaldo, and Bayern, yeah. Neymar, all, all these kind of players that you put them in any team, they're, they're amazing individual players yeah. that are going to do well. But some people are players that are right for that team at that moment with that manager. And that's why they're so good. But going put in any other team, they might not have the same effect. And they were on the World Football phone and they were bringing up players like, uh, who did they brought up? Varane, they brought up, um, who, who are they bringing up? 
Um, what's his name? Shinji. Oh yeah, yeah. Can't, uh, I'm not even going to try and say it because yeah, yeah. yeah players, like that, yeah. players like that that were just like sensational at one club. You put them at a different club, nothing's happening. You know, whatever, because it's not the same players to making the same runs or the same direction from that manager or or whatever. And it's the same. What I'm saying with performance is like some dancers are just brilliant, and it doesn't matter who they're dancing with, like or what. If you put them in any group, like you could put them in the Strictly Pro group, you put them in Burn the Floor, you put them in whatever show, you know, whatever. They just add value to that show. Some some dancers, like, they might dance amazingly with that person. Like, some people just have a great partnership, a great dance partnership. And together, when they're dancing, it's just, it's like, it's magic. And it's never quite the same with with anyone else. You put that person with someone else, it doesn't quite work. Yeah. You know, yeah, I get it. Um, so that's how I feel with some footballers. So when and, and it's interesting when it comes to England, because then, you know, say if you're going to put on a dance show and you want say like you and your wife are this brilliant dance partnership. Right. But say there's only one place in the show. It's like surely the show would want you as a partnership because you're brilliant. Yeah. But. But say they've only got one place in the show, it becomes do do they take you on your own knowing that it might not be the same as taking you and your wife yeah. and for me that's what it is when we come to like the england squad it's with england you're you're plucking players out of their situation where they're creating magic and playing amazing jesse lingard was doing nothing at man united he went to west yeah. ham and it's like he's messy all of a sudden like but messi lingard Messi Lingard, yeah. <laughs> so, do, like, with England, you're taking players out of these positions and putting them together in a different situation. So, for me, you have to look at, like, very much the individual rather than yeah. how they fit into a team or whatever. Because, like, do you take Lingard? I don't know. Because he, he looks amazing right now for West Ham, but when they were trying to pair him up with Rashford, who's probably going to play, he wasn't doing anything. Yeah. So I, I don't know. And, my, and that was my point when it comes to someone like Henderson. He's amazing in that Liverpool situation. If I was Liverpool manager, it'd be first name on the team sheet, him and Salah. But like, would you, do you put him in the England first 11? What you're seeing is Jordan Henderson is like an assistant choreographer. You need him in that, for that show, but you can get another one with another team that does exactly the same job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. And that's my opinion. Not but the main else, guy. But someone else, but you think Jordan Henderson is, is an amazing player and therefore yeah. you put him in the first 11 and like, and he does the same job in a different team. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 that's, you couldn't have explained that anymore if you tried. It's <laughs> as if you've already planned that answer. And I know you didn't, but that works so well with the theatre stuff. Because now, now I'm thinking of of different roles in theatre, yeah. the England squad, yeah, yeah. where where they are, that that can be a podcast one week. Where would Alan Shearer fit into a theatre group? Yeah, who's the lead? Like, who's the lead? <laughs> who's yeah. the lead role? Who's playing the best friend? Who's the, who's the choreographer? Yeah, got to be because Messi isn't playing the lead role. By the way, okay, Messi's not. Ha- I don't think he would have the lead role. He wouldn't take it on himself. Right. I think he'd rather be painting or, or doing you know, pulling the ropes or something like that right. in the background. Ronaldo He's really good at it. Cristiano's lead role. Him or um, Zlatan. 
Him and Zlatan are like leads. Yeah. yeah. I see. And if there wasn't two, if there wasn't, if there was a male and a female lead, they would still want one of them to be the, the lead, regardless of gender. Yeah. <laughs> there would, Zlatan would create a new lead role for him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you create the show around Zlatan. Zlatan is the show. Yeah. He's that, he's that much of egotistical player that he's now talking about stopping playing altogether for teams and just playing for his country. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a different level when you don't even have to get picked from your current team form to yeah. just play for your country because you want to. Yeah. That's like me, that's like me turning up on Strictly and saying, look, I'm not going to do any of the group numbers. I'm actually not going to be there most weeks. Yeah. Pair me up with someone and I'll just train them for a few weeks and we'll do the final. <laughs> is that exactly what it is? <laughs> that is it? You are Zlatan? Mm. <laughs> um, you can see how passionate I'm getting already Like because we're talking yeah. about football. I'm like, ah. Um, all right, well, I'm looking forward to doing these episodes. I'm looking forward to getting you on these episodes and watching how much you squirm when you're trying to say what you really think, but you yeah. haven't all in. Yeah, I know. I, I, already I'm getting like fired up about it and, and I'm going to yeah. want to be nice and not like have a go and not be mean about anyone. Like when we were doing all the Strictly episodes, like when Strictly was on, I was like, I couldn't possibly be mean about anyone on the show. Yeah. Um, it's funny because just now, obviously, on Good Morning Britain, um, obviously I was being interviewed by Susanna. Um who I danced with in 2013 yeah. and um and Ranveer was there as well who's just danced with Giovanni and immediately as I saw him my first reaction was oh my god Ranveer like well done you did so great on Strictly and then I started thinking what did I say on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> like oh, I hope I was nice but I was we were always nice about Ranveer but then there was the whole thing about you know it was Ranveer versus um, Jamie in the in the semi final dance off. Yeah. I was trying to explain why it all happened and all that, and I was like, oh no, I hope I hope to God she never, you know, thought I was having to go about. Yeah. It. I'm just trying to cook because I don't like being mean about people. But before you go, then what yeah. what was it like? So when we're talking about that being mean and it's not really, we take it from a from a viewer's point of view. We look at it like we're just giving an opinion on what we've just watched. What's it like from a dancer's point of view when some when you see a comment saying, I really didn't like that choreography, the dancing wasn't very good. Do you do you take that to heart? When someone um yeah, like so the first few years I was on Strictly, I I used to hate that. Like I'd I'd, I'd look on social media and because I was naive and inexperienced, I would look quite a lot and look for like that sort of validation. Do you know what I mean? Like look, yeah. everyone liked it. And the most for the most part, Strictly fans are really nice. Um, they, they say, you know, um, oh, we really, really liked your dance and blah, 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 blah. Everyone's really nice. And, and that's lovely. But then, you know, it's social media. So you're going to get mm. some hobbits. Yeah. And, and, and some people are just being horrible because they want to. And, and some people, like, they just want to give their, their opinion on it, like we do about football or we yeah. do about... Or, or I would do about wrestling or something, and it, you've got this opinion, and you, and I suppose they don't mean any harm on the person. They don't mean any. Uh, they don't mean to be horrible in any way, or, or or to get you down. It's just that they're passionate about the show, and they and they have all these opinions. And but it's 
it's difficult because sometimes you'll see some of them opinions and now and again, you'll think, oh, fair enough. That's what they thought. A lot of the time, it's people assuming things. Yeah. Um, so there's certain like forums and stuff that exist that as soon as I joined Strictly in 2013, the other dancers said, whatever you do, don't look at any of those forums because it's basically full of sort of quite mean and nasty people who think they know things, but they don't really. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they think they know all about the show and what goes on behind the scenes and what the producers are trying to do and, you know, all of this. And they think they know, but they haven't got a clue, but they sort of think they do and they write as if they do. Um, yeah. And they're quite mean. Um, so like maybe in my first year, I probably looked at them a little bit and then thought, nah, I'm not going to involve myself with this nonsense because what a lot of the time it's, it's like, it's like us talking about football, like, we think we know about football and we, I would say me and you would consider ourselves pretty knowledgeable about football. Like yeah. we never stop talking about it. You have a radio show about football. You know, we've both been watching it all our lives. We probably both play football manager or FIFA yeah. or you know, yeah. whatever. And therefore we think we know everything. And we think we know the reasons behind every decision that a manager has made and stuff. But the reality yeah. is we don't see what happens on the training ground. We don't see the relationships between the manager and players and, and, and the players themselves or the way they're improving or not improving in training or, you know, like we don't really, we'll, we'll see a story that says like, oh, he hasn't, he hasn't picked this one today because, you know, because this happened in training. And therefore we think we now know about that person and whatever, but really we don't know. And that's what happens a lot with a show like Strictly is that if they say, if someone gets like a, a favorite couple and then they don't do very well that week it becomes what they, they start writing things like the producers are trying to sabotage that couple the narrative that the producers are trying to make is this or they assume things about like especially off the back of tabloids and stuff because the tabloids love a narrative like when I left Strictly like you know and and, and I know that I've got a really good relationship with Strictly yeah. and um you know, I, I left, we're on really good terms and we, you know, I'm, I'm still in touch with everyone and I just have a lovely relationship with them. And it was something that I'd talked about for a while about like, when's the right time to leave? Yeah. And I've made them aware of it and whatever, because there's theater stuff that I want to do. And then Strictly Ballroom came about and blah, 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 blah. But of course, you know, like tabloid knobheads are going to say he left because he thinks he's bigger than the show. Cause that's a better story. That's yeah. That's cooler to, you know, if, if we read something about a footballer leaving to a bigger club, it's like, and we think, oh, he thinks he's too big for yeah. women. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like that. Um, it's, it's just a better story and it'll get more engagement. So, so then what tends to happen is that people think they know me or they think they know who I am or my motivations. And so I, I got a message today, like, because um, I got asked while I was on talking about War of the Worlds, I got asked um, about same-sex couples on Strictly. And I went, and I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no problem with it. I'd talked about it with them before. Yeah, I, th I think there's no reason why not. Well, whatever. And then you get, of course, you know, someone on Twitter going, oh, why can't they just leave it as it is? Woke nonsense, blah, blah, blah. So I said, well, you know, things change. You know, people change, culture changes. And, um, you know, look at Strictly, the show it is today compared to series one. It's a different show. And someone replied, giving yeah, and it's better for all the um, the male dancers that are, that are on the show right now. We don't need people like you who think you're bigger than the show. 
<laughs> and it's those kind of comments. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because because that person, either they're just a troll and they're trying to get a rise out of me, or they genuinely believe that. They genuinely think that that's a thing for me. Like, I think I'm bigger than the show, which of course isn't true. And, and I have a really nice relationship with them. And, you know, um, but it, it's when people assume things about you that you know is nonsense or like, you know, stupid things. Like when I got, um, when I did Doctor Who the, um, with Stacy as a tango, um, I got criticism from some people like on social media and on another podcast actually saying like, I just think, you know, I feel for Stacy because why should Stacy have to dress up like that and do something like Doctor Who? I'd like to see Stacy do something like this, blah, blah, blah. Why does Stacy have to do Doctor Who just because Kevin loves Doctor Who? And I was like, I've never watched Doctor Who in my life. <laughs> I've never seen an episode of Doctor Who. Like, I'm not a, a fan. Not, I'm, I'm sure it's amazing. I've just never watched it. Yeah. And... Um, like I think I, in preparation for doing Doctor Who, because I came up with the idea of doing it, but in preparation, I thought, right, I better get my head around it. At that point, I watched like two episodes just to get a feel for it and stuff. Yeah. But people make these assumptions like, you know, oh God, just because Kevin loves Doctor Who, why should Stacey have to blah, blah, blah. And it's like, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, it's mad. It's mad. And they always, you know, people come up with the narrative that's going to fit their what they want to happen. So if their couple doesn't win, they come up with a narrative for why that didn't happen and why they were screwed out of it or, you know, whatever. It must be you frustrating know. as well for you guys not being able to, because especially when you're on the show still, you can't really engage with, no. I mean, you can a lot more now. And, and I say that a lot more on social media, you'll, you'll have a conversation with people that's mentioned things, but when you're on Strictly, there was no way you could actually come out and say, well, this is the reason why we've done it. This is, because you're not allowed, really, are you? No, like, I, you can sort of say as much as you can and try and explain, but I sort of don't want to engage too much with people that are being like that as, yeah. as well. Just to um, give them more attention, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll just they'll just say, oh, well, we don't believe you anyway. You know what I mean? Because they've already made yeah. their minds up of their narrative or whatever they've read in a tabloid or yeah. someone's written it on a forum. Like, I think it was when I made my third or fourth final... Um, just, <laughs> just going to drop that in um, five as soon as you're asking um, which one was it <laughs> <laughs> might have been the fifth I don't know <laughs> um, someone someone wrote like it became a thing and I think one of the tabloids reported it and apparently because I, I, I don't I never look at the forums anymore but like apparently it became this big thing on a forum because someone sent it to me um, it became generally accepted wisdom that the only reason that apparently Strictly was pushing me all the time and making sure I was in the final, so nothing to do with working hard, just, you know, making sure it had to be Kevin the Golden Boy because Len Goodman is his godfather. <laughs> <laughs> like, pardon? I was like, yeah, it became like, apparently it became common knowledge that I'm like Len Goodman's godson, which again is, is bollocks. But yeah. Apparently that was the thing. It's when people assume stuff that annoys you. Were you on the? Did you get on the phone, Dad? Are you? Is, isn't it my Godfather? <laughs> my God, yeah. I thought it was me with Brian. <laughs> but yeah, but basically all of this that we're talking about that annoys us, like when I'm I'm a dancer on Strictly, is is what we're going to do about football, I suppose. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we Definitely. think you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, it'll be interesting to see if any footballers come back and say, "Listen, guys, you're way off there." By the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. We'll we'll be like, well, the reason uh, he didn't pick him was obviously because of this, you know. And <laughs> he'll come yeah. on and go, "You have absolutely no idea." <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I actually can't wait. Which I'm sure we'll be talking about the uh, European Super League and stuff like that. Well, do you know what it is? The, the, it's, it's actually killing us a little bit. And I'm chuffed because hopefully it'll be two English teams. But this is going to be great timing for you, isn't it? If if we just start this podcast and miraculously Chelsea are in the final of the Champions League. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. yeah, great for me. I'm sitting here supporting Newcastle who are just like going through the motions trying to stay in the league and then your team are nice. Do you know how bad it is though, just for your listeners? This is how much... Um, Paul Kevin's got so I've got a little girl India who's nine years old and to be fair Kev's a little bit like not Elaine Goodman but similar <laughs> to that obviously he's been around India since she was born and, and she thinks a lot of him and she now supports Chelsea yeah. so when you're from the northeast, you support two teams you support Newcastle or Sunderland no one else we're not glorious supporters up here Middlesbrough's not really the northeast. Let's let's alright it's further down it's further down it's in more Yorkshire than the North East, really, isn't it? Is it? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's. I think Leeds. Leeds is probably a closer game than. Is it? Than Newcastle. Yeah. Okay. Um, I might be wrong there, by the way, but I'm, I'm sure it is. But anyway, so so you never really, you're not really glory supporters in the North East. However, my daughter, thanks to Kevin, now supports Chelsea, so that's not good. By the way, that's great news. I think that's great. Yeah, for you. <laughs> Walking around in a blue Chelsea shirt. <laughs> but like I'm sure we'll talk about it when we when we properly get into these episodes but I was thinking I was thinking just then when we were talking about the Super League the the European Super League is like me Anton Ali Ash <laughs> and OT getting together and saying <laughs> right here's what's going to happen <laughs> we'll let Strictly carry on as it is but us we're going to form like a little breakaway and we're only going to compete against each other, starting from the quarterfinals. No, it's four in the final. We're just always going to be in the final. Yeah. And we'll get the best. We'll get a big television deal. And always... ITV. That, <laughs> that money from the TV pays for um, like the best A-list celebrities that we can get. But it's always going to be us. No one can beat us. Yeah. That, that's exactly what it is. So basically, your um, your league is now consistent of Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah, um, I don't know Jennifer Lawrence. So you you've got all the big names. I mean, there's a few coming in and doing as well there already. But again, <laughs> I mean, it looks like there's a few same-sex couples in there already. Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, actually, I wonder who would. Here. I wonder who would. It, I'll, I'll be on the, the board if you want. Yeah. I don't mind sitting in on this one. I'll be chairman. Yeah. The, the, I wonder who would break first, though, through <laughs> fans' pressure. It would probably be you. No, because I'm not with Strictly anymore. Oh, yeah, you're all right. You, you're yeah. the instigator. You're Woodward, where Ed Woodward. I've just got to get some of the other pros on my side and start. <laughs> and start. <laughs> just get the money. Why don't you... I've got an idea for you. Why don't you get in touch with some of the um, the ex pros, the the other ones, the James Jordans and the um, Brendans? Not James, Not James no. Jordan. No, not that one. Um, 
but yeah, some some of some of the others, we'll get them on get, board. And, we'll get Derek, Derek and Mark from America. Get, get them on. We'll get Mark over, and we'll we'll start the the Super League. We'll we'll nick some of Strictly's dancers, some of the Burn the Floor dancers, and we'll call it the European Super Strictly. <laughs> <laughs> Super Strictly. <laughs> And this isn't a bad idea, by the way. This is one of the best ideas you've had. Just got one judge, Len Goodman. <laughs> yeah, and obviously you're going to always be in the final anyway, so it's matless. You don't even yeah. you don't even need Les. No, no, Les. Les. You don't even need Len then, Les. Yeah, I'll just always be in the final. Yeah, you don't need him anymore. It's all right. You don't need your godparent to be on the board anymore. You just need a random because you're always going to be there. I think this has got legs, me. I think so. I'd be the Real Madrid of, of the European Super League, just forcing it. I wonder if I wonder if we could get um, Peter Crouch or someone, one of the, the like the ex-pros, to come on board as like the Florentino Perez sort of character. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, like just just yeah, to yeah, put yeah, the money yeah. in. The funding. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Sure, Peter Crouch would do that. Someone yeah. like that. This is a great. Abby's been on this show. He's seen. He's seen it. Yeah. At least. At least what you could say to me is, look, we can manipulate this so you can win, Crouchy. No problem yeah. at all. Always so win. You'll get, yeah, so you're, all, you're, you're, gonna, you're not going to be any worse than your wife was. Exactly. Yeah, this is a good idea. A great idea, yeah. I'm starting to get on board with the European Super Strictly. <laughs> Daily Mail, Kevin Clifton, Potts, Plots, Breakaway. BBC, Shutdown. Breakaway Strictly League. <laughs> ITV, Channel 4 and Channel 5, all bin war. <laughs> yeah, we'll start a bidding war. Now Netflix, we'll take it straight to Netflix. Netflix would buy it straight away. Get some of that Netflix money. Amazon and Netflix battling out for the Strictly Super League. <laughs> All right. It's, Guys, it's got legs. We're going to leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> tell, us, tell us who you'd like to see in the European Super Strictly. Tweet us. What four dancers do you want in that European Super Strictly? And which celebs? What would be the, the, the Super League? Um, and thanks for coming on. We should do loads more podcasts. I'm not just the football ones, but we're going to do Yeah, I'm agreeing. Yeah, so, but we're going to start doing some footy ones. Um, how can people find you on social media? What's your like Instagram and Twitter? And Yeah, it's just Ant Rutherford23, I think, on Twitter and Anthony Rutherford on, on Instagram, Facebook, all the same. Just and- look for this face. <laughs> and- I know it's audio. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Rutherford or Ant Rutherford. You'll find it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. Mate, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's, it's, it, I'm, I'm even more excited now than I was at the beginning of the show. <laughs> and buy tickets to uh, Burn the Floor and War of the Worlds. So war, the waroftheworlds.com or livenation.co.uk or kevinclifftontour.com for Burn the Floor. And don't forget, I'm also going to be quite busy later this year. 